The original intent of the statement, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, was actually meant to prove its impossibility. No wonder that the gospel hinges so hard on dependency in and on Christ Jesus. Let's talk about it. In today's cruel culture and wounded world, you deserve some good news. Preacher Thing started in 2016, devotional encouragement that challenged how most believers believe. Later, I was approached about turning the social media post into something more akin to audiovisual format that explained and extended the thoughts for clarity. Clarity came in 2021. After a season of frustration, transition, personal growth, and soulful maturing, the Preacher Think podcast puzzle began falling into place while worshiping through bitterness, praising through change, being comforted, cared for, and counseled back into leadership, and enjoying a season of celebration. God blessed me with a team, the resources, the support, and the permission to present to you Preacher Think. Thoughts downloaded from God and His Word, uploaded to all through the lens of grace and kingdom. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Preacher Think, where I take thoughts downloaded from God and His Word and upload them to you via the lens of grace and kingdom. I am the creator and the host of Preacher Think, Chad Joyner, and I'm excited to talk with you today about something that I think is very pervasive in the world and uh, not really has crept into the body of Christ, but it's actually very prevalent in the body of Christ. And here's the thought that I want to jump off from. The original intent of the statement, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, was actually meant to prove its impossibility. Man, no wonder God and the gospel and his word hinges so hard on dependency in and on Christ. Now, I want to talk about this because I really think we've got to get away and get into, honestly, what I want to call bootstrap abandonment. Cutting ourselves away from this notion, this idea that we can go it alone, do it all by ourselves. Um, and I want to talk about something, uh, this thing today, um, that again, I don't think it's lost on all of the people um, in, in the world. And I don't think that it's lost on people in the most toxic way, maybe. And it's especially not lost on the American westernized church, the American Christians, um, the very prideful, uh, arrogant, works-based, law-based thought that God only helps those that helps themselves, uh, it's a derivative from this cliche to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. But in reality, the original intent of this statement has been lost, and I want to shed some light on, uh, on that to drive home the uh, reality that all of us on planet Earth are meant for community. We're meant to be joined in union. We're meant to be tight and closely knit one to another. Uh, living stones formally fit together where we get the opportunity to benefit from one another's lives. That's how God designed the construct of people. And the truth is, is none of us have done it all on our own, anything at all in our lives or in the world. And the reality of true freedom is to live loved, to live loved and independence on and in the life of Christ. 
Now, uh, writer Jeff Zafaris of the web resource uh, Useless Etymology, it's the name of the website, he wrote this about the origins of the phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I want to read this for you. It says, the phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, originated shortly before the turn of the 20th century. It's attributed to a late 1800s physics school book that contained the example question, why cannot a man lift himself up by pulling up on his bootstraps? So when it became a colloquial phrase referring to socioeconomic advancement shortly thereafter, it was meant to be sarcastic or to suggest in reality that it was an impossible accomplishment. Eventually, however, the phrase's commonly accepted meaning evolved. And now when we tell people to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, it's implying that socioeconomic advancement is something that everyone should be able to do, albeit something difficult. So somebody took it upon themselves to say, you know, even though this um, this thing is probably in regard to physics impossible to do, I want to try to actually in reality and thought and idea to, to throw this thing around and say, yeah, it might be difficult, but it really can be done. So again, I, I want us to notice something here. Over time, somewhere along the way, someone decided to challenge, I'm sure, the physics uh, of actually trying to pull themselves up by their bootstrap. But most importantly, they uh, went to go challenge the concept or the idea that it might be difficult, but we can indeed pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. Listen, if we work hard, if we do more, if we uh, do better, if we can perform our way to the best advancements in life. Does this sound familiar? Sounds just like religion, right? Now, if that approach isn't foolproof for everyone by the world's standards, and clearly it's not because so many have tried and failed and are still miserable. Why? Because their big ship of worldly goods hasn't come in no matter how hard uh, they've tried then how much more futile and flat is this approach going to fall when people opt out of grace to hit the hamster wheel of performance, religion, and law? Think about that question for a minute. How much, how much more flat is it going to fall when people actually try to opt out of grace or desire to opt out of grace for religion, for law, and hit the hamster wheel of performance? I mean, listen, it's crazy, listen to me, to hinge your thoughts on this approach of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, hitching your wagon to law and religion, which uh, Habakkuk chapter one and Hebrews seven says is weak and useless to work for, uh, to work for you, you and I, and, and the, the righteous ones of, of God in Christ. When, when none of these proverbial um, self-help boots or straps were ever created or meant for us, none of them were. None of, none of this, any of these ideas or concepts out in the world of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, whether it's socioeconomic advancement or any sort of advancement or anything, period. None of that stuff was ever meant or created for us as people, as ones that are created by God. That are one, and in regard to faith, think about this. To think of, to think of any of, to think, to think that any of us um, could do anything more to overshadow what Jesus did on the cross, anything greater than the finished work, anything greater than actually reconciling the entire world, 
like Jesus did. Anything to add to the work he already completed to somehow make it better, uh, increased or advanced in any kind of a way. That is that any any thought towards that kind of stuff is completely and opulently asinine. It really, really is. Why would I say that? Well, because the gospel, the true word of God, the gospel of grace, it doubles down, triples and even quadruples down on dependency in and on Christ. I mean, the word of God works overtime to tell us that true freedom comes being dependent on all Jesus has done, on all he tells us that God is like, on uh, the truth that grace isn't just telling people what they want to hear, but in all reality, grace is that rub against our ego uh, to relinquish control and free fall and let go to really grab onto the gift of faith to believe that Jesus is enough and that, uh, you know, the one that came to reveal this life that we get to have and do so more abundantly and and that we get to do this life that we have and we get to do it in great abundance and not because we uh, did anything so good and great to deserve it. On the contrary, we actually did a bunch of bad things to never deserve it. It's only by the goodness, the graciousness, the mercy, the righteousness and the truth of favor by God through Jesus that desired that 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 dates those that them they the Godhead desired to share with us that we get to live in any way an abundant life. Not because we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and we did something so great to climb up to God. That is not that is not why we've been graced with the favor and the grace of God. As a matter of fact, Psalm 49, 5 through 7 from the New Living Translation says it clearly, says it this way. Why should I fear when trouble comes, when enemies surround me? That's what the psalmist says. He asked that question. Why should I fear when trouble comes, when enemies surround me? They trust in their wealth and boast of great riches, yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Even better than that, listen to this, the same passage of scripture spoken from the Message Bible, uh, Psalm 49, uh, 5 through 7, says it even more uh, clearly. It says it this way. Listen to this. So why should I fear in bad times, hemmed in by my enemy malice, shoved around by bullies, demeaned by the arrogant rich? Really? Listen to this, y'all. There's no such thing as self-rescue, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. So the Message Bible actually even uses the phrase from our thought and says there is no such thing as pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. There is no such thing as self-rescue. Why are are these verses important? Why why is this scripture important? Why is this gospel truth so important? Because this is the epitome of the ill-perceived confidence of the foolish, which is really blatant arrogance, not confidence, to think uh, in terms of self-sufficiency, y'all. And per the verse stated, none of us could come into this world without the biological help of parents, and no one is so self-sufficient to escape physical death, not even by themselves. Only Jesus did that. And now the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, which was the power of himself as a member or one in and with the Godhead, that's the same power that lives in you and I that has afforded for us, not us of ourselves, has afforded for us the right to the tree of life, eternal life. Listen to this 
understanding and trusting the wealth of wisdom derived in dependence on Jesus rather than the ill-perceived riches of roguedness and independence, reliance on yourself. That's the, is that, that when you begin to derive your, your wisdom from dependence on Jesus, that is the true value of life and freedom. In other words, going it alone is not the way or the design of God at all. I mean, for example, biblically speaking, David cried out for help all throughout scripture. Um, Job, Job asked the rhetorical question to create a dramatic effect and make the point of impossibility for one to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Do I even have power to help myself? That's the rhetorical question that Job asked when he was beat down by his predicament of losing his, his children, his cattle, his farm, all of the things that came against him. Listen to this. Even Jesus, even Jesus held that two piece and those few biscuits up to God and prayed that he would bless it before the feeding of the multitude, showing the power of what? Of union over the, over this drive, this human uh, depraved drive that we have to live separate from the herd or the pack, which leads to destructive tendencies, by the way, because there's no one there to offer healthy uh, competing perspectives to draw on and to learn from besides your own. So furthermore, the Apostle Paul, uh, he had preached, listen to this, he had preached the uniting message of the gospel to the Galatians. And sometime after, sometime later, ones who he called um, agitators came to challenge his apostleship before the Galatians and to disrupt this foundation uh, of the teaching of grace that he had laid among the Galatians. So Paul wrote a letter to them. He wrote to them to bring their focus Back to the message of the gospel, which calls for unity in the spirit and not the idea that every man is an island unto themselves. Now, I want you to check out how Paul talked to the Galatians. Galatians chapter three, verse one through three. This is how Paul talked to them. He said, you foolish Galatians, (laughs) who has bewitched you before your very eyes? Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. That's the gospel. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning, beginning what? Beginning their new life in Christ by means of the spirit, which is commensurate with dependence on Jesus. He says, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh which would be them trying to take Jesus for salvation, but live by the law and self-sufficiency for daily living. So he said, you mean to tell me that you started by the spirit, the gospel, the purity of Jesus that I preach to you. But now, because these agitators have come in and mixed in law and philosophy and all of this kind of stuff with the purity of grace, you are trying to now finish this race that you have, that you run, that you're running effortlessly by ease, resting in Christ Jesus. You're trying to finish that by the flesh, by, by, uh, um, in essence, self-reliance, you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and what you do instead of what Christ did. That's what, that's what Paul, that's how Paul talked to the Galatians. That's the question he was asking. Them. Now, Paul is telling you them, you don't operate in self-sufficiency. You operate, listen to this, in deep dependence on Jesus. 
You operate in Christ consciousness. You operate in the Lord leading. You operate in Yahweh the way. You're not out here operating by your own human power and might so somehow you can boast of, of what you've done that God can't, so, so that you can try to say that God can't take credit for having a hand in something that you did in your life. So you can really, I, honestly, let's be honest about this thing. It's just an egotistical thing where we want to look at God and say, hey, God, look at what I did for you. And God laughs because he's thinking anything that you've ever done, it's because I have empowered you with my life to do so, right? No, we don't. We, so we don't operate that way. Paul's saying you operate from the life of Christ that was given to you by the shedding of his ruby red blood that washed away your sin and the helpful hand of God that ripped out your old black heart of stone and gave you a palpable heart of him. That's as pure as the driven white snow. Now, this is not the only time that he talks to the Galatians this way. A couple of chapters later, listen to this. He says this in Galatians chapter five, verses seven and eight. This is what Paul says to him. He says, man, you are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. When Paul, listen to this, when Paul refers to uh, obeying the truth here, he's talking about the obedience of faith or belief in the truth. Who is Jesus? A whole lot more than he's talking about the action of obedience or actionable steps that come with obedience. He is talking about the obedience of faith, the obedience to believe in the truth. Who is Jesus? John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then he goes on to say, he says, persuasion that comes from the one that called us, that that, that, that kind of persuasion is, is one that is pure. Persuasion that comes from the one that called us is always, listen to this, going to have um, us lean into Jesus, not away from him and self-reliance. L- listen to what self-reliance does. Self-reliance hinders you. It holds you down and back and beneath the life that God has for us as we recline in and on him. It it deflects and deter- detours us from Uh, enjoying the download of new and true life in us and the deletion of our old life. Persuasion that comes from the one that called us has our faithfulness run parallel to his as we recognize, listen to this, that any manner of faithfulness we have is his in and through us. So when we abandon that, faithfulness, we abandon that which is right and good and true about us in Christ Jesus. Now, when I say all of this, and I talk and I'm talking about self-reliance and, and abandoning this bootstrap mentality, pulling yourself up by your bootstrap, I know somebody out there who is not just well-versed in the, uh, uh, the gospel, but very well-versed in the Bible. There, there, there's all kinds of scriptures that are going off in their heads right now, and they're probably thinking about First Thessalonians uh, chapter four, 11 through 12. And they're thinking, well, well, what about it? What about first Thessalonians four, 11 through 12? First of all, let me read to you what it says. It says, and make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands. Just as we told you, this is Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica. So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. And here's that, that catch that most people think about 
so that you will not be dependent on anybody. They say, okay, Chad, so what are you going to do with that? Paul's telling the church at Thessalonica not to be dependent on anybody. You're telling us to be dependent in community on people and on Jesus. He says, don't be dependent on anybody. How are you going to clean this up? Okay, listen to me. That passage of scripture is talking about not being dependent on anyone else to do your job for you. Listen to this. Once you've secured employment or taken up responsibility to do something in life, in a thing, throughout the construct of, of whatever it is that you're doing in life. That doesn't mean you can't depend on someone to help you get the job or empower you to take up the responsibility in a given area. Sure. I'm not coming down to your job to do it for you once you get it, but that don't mean that I won't help you find one when you're looking for one. And it doesn't mean that I won't spur you on to good deeds within that job or within that thing that you've taken up responsibility in. Once you've taken up the responsibility in that said job or said thing that you've desired to do so in, you know, this, this passage, y'all it's talking about us not being dependent on other people to hold honor among us, uh, uh, other people to hold honor among others as, well, it's, it's really talking about us not being dependent on other people in regard to uh, holding up our honor. And we are to hold up our own honor in regard to being respected in the community for being what? Generous and upstanding members of the community. This passage of scripture is talking about not being lazy. It's talking about living a life via the way, who is Jesus, uh, living through us that's desirable to onlookers, namely unbelievers. This passage of scripture is talking about not being a leech, not living off of others while being fully capable of being a contributor and not just some sort of a detractor where you're always, instead of making any sort of deposits in anybody's life, all that you're doing is being, uh, you know, uh, 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 a cash machine and just making debits out of people's lives, making withdrawals. This passage, listen to this, is specifically speaking of not being solely dependent on others as a person capable of work for all your financial needs. But listen, but we can definitely lean into others in community for, for what? For various means of support and doing life together. And we especially want to do this in and with our greatest source of support, which is Jesus. So again, Persuasion that comes from the one that called us has our faithfulness run parallel to his as we recognize that any manner of faithfulness that we have is his in and through us. So when we abandon that faithfulness, we abandon that which is right, and good and true about us in him. But when we ratchet down tight to him, we see all of the benefit of bonding independence, which breeds what? True freedom in Christ Jesus. So speaking of abandonment, how about we just ditch this idea, this thought, this notion at all that we can go it alone, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, uh, you know, along the way with no concern that you know, to receive help as seasoned saints would say it from on high. We need help from Jesus. And let's just face it. Jesus operates in his help being um, spurred on and um, conducted in and through people in the earth. So 
we need people. The original intent of that saying, that statement, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, it was actually meant to, again, prove its impossibility anyway. And the beauty and the wonder of the gospel doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on dependency in and on Christ is so what? So that we can all see that real and true freedom comes from trust in Jesus. Real and true freedom to not just exist, but to really live comes from trust, belief, and dependence in Jesus. Not trying to be independent and live self-reliant on ourselves. Well, we're about to run out of time. But I surely hope that you guys have enjoyed the content today. Hope that you'll connect with us. You can join us on our Preacher Think Facebook group. Join us there to jump into some gospel talk with us. Join us on Instagram and our Facebook page. You can uh, follow us there and go to our YouTube channel and subscribe, like, share, and comment. So again, thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed today. Hope you enjoyed the content. Please connect with us and please continue to walk out your life at the pace of grace. You guys be blessed. Want to share the good news? You can support Preacher Thing by sharing it with everyone using the share button. You can stay connected to Preacher Thing via Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and various podcast streaming platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about what the gospel has done for you, message us or leave them in the comment section. You can also email us at preacherthink at gmo.com. Thanks for tuning in.